All right, well, we're gonna waste no time. We got about 30 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 is where we'll pick up. And verse one, uh, we're making our way through First Corinthians and we've made our, our way. This is probably the 11th, 11th session we've had regarding Corinthians. So it's been a good, a good study and a good, uh, a good message that we've been reading through here. Um, so we'll start here in First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that the Gentiles are carried away unto these dumb idols, even as, as, as ye were led. Wherefore I give to you under, understand <clears throat> that no man speaking this by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of, of operations, but the same God, which worketh all and all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit of the wisdom, a word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh to that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So we know here that Brother Paul is speaking about the use of spiritual gifts, given given here by the Holy Spirit that's given to the church. This explicitly mentions differing or various gifts and all from the same Spirit. <clears throat> These gifts are so given so as to do the will of, the God, uh, will, will of God in, in the church. So he says there, he starts off there with, Telling him, he says, I would not have you ignorant. I would not have you unlearned regarding these things. He says, you were once Gentiles. He says, but I would not have, I would not have you carried away into these dumb idols and even as you were led. So he's saying, I, I want you to have some understanding and not be led away into some falsehood. He says, wherefore, I understand no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed, and hath not the man, cannot the man say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Spirit. So we acknowledge that in our understanding, especially with relation to the gospel, that the Holy Spirit is a comforter and counselor and teacher for the Lord's people. And it is only given to the Lord's assembly. We're, we're very knowledgeable of this. But he uses this here to also uh, mention their use, the use thereof of these spiritual gifts. He says, now these are, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So there's not every person has the same gift. I, I heard the statement before, if the whole church was like me, what would the church be like, you know? Um, there's a reason we are all different and we all have these varying gifts because it complements one another. Um, I use the example in the text of a husband and wife. 
I have a different gift than Donna does. Donna's more direct, and I'm more empathetic and understanding in some things. Not that that's the case in all the time, but in our dealings with one another, sometimes it helps me with being empathetic towards understanding someone else, whereas Donna may not see that, just using this as an example. Where sometimes when I have may have difficulty relaying information, Donna can supply the information in a more articulate fashion. So, <clears throat> but the two together harmonize and make us a better unit. The same thing here is what the Lord gives us, these spiritual gifts, and how they complement one another. Brother Tony plays the piano. He plays the piano very well, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, but I can't play the piano to save my life. <laughs> you know, in you know, in tune while people are singing, I just can't do it. So this goes to show you that Brother Tony's gift compliments some compliments those that sing and compliments those you know, and he sings along too, but. His gift complements the assembly. Same thing here. Not all people are called to be pastors or teachers. So, Brother Ed's gift is teaching and preaching. And his complements the body. You ladies can cook and mend various things that men most men can't. Not saying that men can't do those things, but that complements the rest of the body's working and how we do things. I watched everybody on the on the cleaning day and I noticed people, had, there were certain things that people are really good at. Now this is not necessarily, you know, spirit has spiritual application here, but it gets the point across. I don't know how to cut a tree limb or, you know, uh, we've talked about fix a sink. I don't know how to do those things. But Joe and Tony and... Dennis, they can understand, they understand those things more readily than I do. So in order for me to get something done, I, I need help until I can figure out how to learn how to do it. So through their teaching and through their demonstration of it, I can better, better understand how to install a sink, <laughs> a sink faucet. <laughs> but I won't continue to chase that rabbit too long. <laughs> so let's look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, and we'll, we'll start in verse 1 there. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each, each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and being uh, able to speak with, uh, with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwellings at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when that, this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and was confounded because that every man of them heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galilean? And how here we every man in his own tongue, wherein we were born. 
Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Galatia, Phygra, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya about Cyrene, and the strangers of Rome and Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongue the wonders, the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hear spoken to wor- uh, spoken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it be the third hour of the day. But this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out these days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And, I'll, <clears throat> and they shall see wonders in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and noble day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm just finishing out the, that passage there. So we have the account of the day of Pentecost. I know there's some controversy surrounding the day of Pentecost. Uh, and I don't profess to know everything about this day in the scripture. But just through my studying and surmising here, it says... Let's just look at the scripture plainly, what it says. It says, And there appeared upon them, in verse 3, cloven tongues like as to fire, and it says, uh, sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in uh, Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And it said, Now when they noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. So there was there's some confusion about this amongst some of the other denominations of the world. But the Lord is not the God of confusion. I believe plainly that this spirit that this, that this scripture says here that these people spoke in those languages. And those that heard could hear. Some can argue that it sounds like gibberish but I won't go into all that, but whatever it was, these men heard in their own language. And it seems that those men were speaking in their native tongue, but they still understood. And I would hope that some of our brethren wouldn't stray from talking about this occurrence in the scripture just because they're scared that somebody's going to misinterpret what we're saying. And the speaking is exactly, exactly. It's the Lord. The Lord provides the wisdom for us, doesn't He? But we have to be willing to listen. I I agree with that. I agree very much, Brother Wayne. So again, the Holy Spirit. What we know about it, what the Scripture teaches, is that it's a comforter, a teacher, a counselor. That's the power of God right there manifest. 
And it talks about over here in 1 Corinthians where we're reading that each one of those men had differing gifts. And it said some of them in prophesying, some of them, it says by verse 8 of of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, For to one is given the Spirit and the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these that worketh of one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So, Lord provides the gifts, but it's up to us to use them as he intends for them to be used. I didn't intend for it to be a message about speaking in tongues, but... I think it's very apt when we're addressing the very scripture that a lot of people use to, 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 to really put that one home. But again, our God is not the God of confusion. These gifts were used to come together and mesh and strengthen the body of Christ. That's what Brother Paul was trying to bring home here to them. <clears throat> Let's look at uh, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And verse 1. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus is uh, Jesus Christ is come into the flesh of, of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus is not come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it, is co- it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We, we often mention this too about trying the spirits. It said also, back over in 1 Corinthians chapter ten, uh, chapter 12 and verse 10, it says, To another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another diverse tongues and another interpretation of tongues. These are from the self-same spirit. So, trying the spirits doesn't take long after you talk to somebody especially spiritually appraising something according to scripture take long to figure out what somebody's belief is um brother gary and i've had this conversation about meeting various people and having conversations you could tell pretty quickly what their what their what their mindset is what their intention is or what they believe because they're going to tell you pretty quickly what they believe from where I'm at back home in the South, people are pretty staunch in their beliefs. Uh, I, I once had a very intense conversation with someone uh, who I couldn't change their mind. There was a young lady that I dated and her father was an ABA pastor. And 
he and I disagreed on so many levels and I was a younger man, much younger man. And I was a little ignorant when it came to dealing with, with people that were older than me. And, uh, I, I just, after, after the first conversation, I just turned my ear off. Well, I could have, could have spent some time discussing it with him and reasoning with him. He may not have listened to me, but, but I wonder what would I, what would, what would the outcome have been if I'd have continued to try you know, but I was very dogmatic in what I believed and, and there was, you know, he was very set in what he was going to believe and there was nothing that was going to change either one of our minds. That's not how we ought to act with one another, uh, especially in the Lord's work. There are some things we're going to disagree on, but disagreeing and having an all out argument over is two different things. But nonetheless, rather than chase rabbits again trying the spirits testing testing spirits um, Gary and I conversation we went we went to visit some folks at a church meeting we had a conversation with them didn't we well Gary had the conversation I got to witness it uh, poor brother I hated that he got stuck in that by himself but for some reason, the Lord hindered me from being able to speak, but he said it far more eloquently than I could have. And to me, when the brother, when, when, when the guy said, I don't have time to talk about it, that to me was like, okay, that tells me, you don't want to hear nothing about what we've got to say. It's, it seems such, sometimes we get in those, uh, those, those situations. Or we're trying to, find new brethren fellowship brother Wayne you've been here for 40 something years and trying to find people to fellowship with you find out pretty quickly what they believe don't you and whether you can fellowship with them or not so trying the spirits is a very important task and sometimes people people don't have the ability to do that but there are other brethren like brother Gary so greatly greatly did was he he, he kind of tested that man and reproved him according to scripture and he didn't reverberate things back. He couldn't answer back those questions. So I think it's important for us to, to be mindful of this. This is how we identify false teachers. And things that are false even in our amongst our own assembly. It happens. <clears throat> we talked earlier about some dear brethren that have had several church splits. And it was over difference in difference in opinion and some of them don't serve the Lord anymore which is very sad alright moving moving on here let's go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 we may have enough time to squeak through the rest of this I don't know we may have to come back to it 1 Corinthians chapter 12 we'll pick up back again in verse 12 it says, For as the body is one, hath many members, and all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been and all made to drink into this one Spirit. <clears throat> For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, and therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not, the, not of the body, therefore 
I am not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Where were the whole hearing? Where were the spell be? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are ye all there many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot stand of the, the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head of the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more of those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we do bestow more abundant honor. And our more uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but our God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, and that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. One member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and the members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, second, uh, secondarily prophets, third teachers, after the, that miracles and gifts and healings and helps and government and diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show it I unto you a more excellent way. Well, that's a lot of reading there. There's a lot of good stuff there. So he he goes to drive the point home that the body is one. Each one of us make up the whole body. We are different members. And the gifts that we have all come together to complement one another. And he goes on to say, it doesn't matter. He says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, or have, have been all made a drink of one spirit. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Brother Paul mentioned that they all passed all of those... Just brethren with Moses passed through the flood, didn't they? They were all baptized by passing through. So using some of those instances where they said they were all passed through that and some were, what? Some of them fell in the desert too after that. But he said there, the most important thing I see so far is he says, for the body is not one member but many. So it doesn't mean that, you know, we're all the hand or, or we're all the foot. But then he goes in to use the illustration of the foot. He says, I, he says I, foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, therefore, uh, therefore not of the body. The eye, the same thing. Each one of those body parts have a specific function. The eye can identify and see things where the foot can carry you to where you need to go. But if we all had that function, then what would happen? Wouldn't get very far, would we? You know? You can't have ten pastors and one member. You know? You can't have ten members and no 
no head or no eyes or, you know, you wouldn't be able to communicate and see and talk effectively. But the, the, the illustration he gives here is to show that we're all necessary for the encouragement of one another. He says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. This is the order and arrangement the Lord has set up. <clears throat> and he says, if we were all one member, where would the body be? It goes right in line with that statement, Gary, we always talk about. If all members were like me, what would the church be? And he says, each member has its own function. Brother Wayne, you have the experience. You've been the pastor before. Be silly of me not to encourage you or you to encourage me back and you know back and forth. There's a reciprocal thing there between you and I and Brother Tony and the other members of the church. Because there may be something I haven't experienced that you've experienced. And that encouragement, that admonition there goes a long way to helping me deal with maybe something that comes up that I've never experienced before. Same thing with teaching a younger member. That's important when we're training up the next generation to teach them with you know the experience we have, the scripture, the knowledge the Lord's given us to enable them through the Spirit to continue on after we're gone. <clears throat> but he's using a part of this as we look in the context of the letter here. They talked about divisions. They talked about sexual immorality. They talked about what? The Lord's Supper. The struggles that they were having in this assembly. And he's getting down to the, the finite details of, of what what's really needs to be addressed here. Each person is of importance. They come together, strengthen the body. Because not every member has the same gift. And if we can't come together and encourage one another and strengthen one another, lift one another, then the body doesn't function quite right, does it? But it's all hinged on what? Our reliance upon the Spirit. If we can't rely upon the Spirit and look to the Lord for the guidance and understanding, we're not going to be able to do these things. We're going to struggle. <clears throat> you ever seen a football team that doesn't work well together because either they're coaches, they have poor team at morale and attitude, or the coaches are just an, are just not adept at communicating and getting them in the right formation? Arkansas, I've seen it for several seasons. I love our, I loved I've loved Arkansas all these years, but there have been seasons. Not one season, but seasons where they could not win a game to save their life. Why? Because they couldn't work like this. They were too busy fighting one another. Where did it start first? That's a worldly application, but we don't come together and we're not in sync with what the Lord is telling us and listening to the Spirit. We're going to have problems too. Thank the Lord we haven't had those problems of late.
but we have to be able to identify these things. That's what Brother Paul was trying to encourage them about in this, in this particular passage. <clears throat> Let's look at Colossians chapter 2. I might be able to turn everywhere I want to turn to tonight, but that's okay. Colossians chapter 2. Verses 18 and 19. <clears throat> 18 says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humani- uh, humility and of worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Now he was here talking about false worship. He's saying, let no man beguile you. Let no man mislead you to volunteer, the reward of voluntary serving the worship of angels. Because he's what? He's puffed up in his own mind in the flesh. But then he goes on there saying, and not holding to the head. Who's the head? Christ. For which the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. That's in a pretty more simplistic term, but in the medical field, I know that the body, and most of you all know this, that we have veins and we have muscles and we have ligaments and tendons and things that hold our body together. If you remove a piece of those muscle or those bonds, what happens? Part of your body is impaired. It can't function. If you occlude a a vein, you can have a stroke or a heart attack if it's in the right spot. Closer it is to the brain, the the more you'll have a stroke. Closer it is to the extremities, you could have blockage that could dislodge and go to your heart and still cause a stroke. But it has to more more scientifically do with the pressures and things involved in the body. But he says there, if you don't hold to the head, the head helps communicate those things to the rest of the body. In the medical field and some of the studies I've done, if you're brain dead or you're impaired in your brain, your body can't function because the rest of the body begins to shut down because it requires the head to tell the rest of the body what to do. Your head, your, your brain tells your heart to pump. It tells you to breathe. It tells you, okay, you can see, you're going to look, you're going to look for these things. In terms of your critical thinking skills and things like that, if you're impaired, if you're knocked out, if you're in a coma, or you've suffered a stroke, some of those functions begin to shut down and your body ceases to function. So he said, don't get caught up here in these false teachings and things. He says, and not holding to to Christ the head because you're going to have these, you're you're not going to get the nourishment you need, the increase that comes from the Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. It says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in way to deceive. But speaking truth and love may grow up into him all things, which is the head, even Christ, 
from whom the whole body fitting, uh, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So, not being tossed there to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Christ supplies all that we need. He's the head, right? I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm a member too. But if I'm not listening to what the Lord would have me to do, listening to the Spirit, and as the body working together, supplying strength and encouragement, what happens? Things begin to break down. He says, the whole body fitly compacted together and compacted by that which every joint supplies to the effectual working every measure and every part, make it the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We won't turn over there, but Joshua chapter 7 gives the account of, we've talked about it many times, AI and Achan taking the things under the ban. There's a consequence of one person not listening to what the Lord would have them to do caused an entire, the entire congregation of Israel to suffer. And I've read that I think probably 500 times since I've been here. <laughs> but you see, you see through the scripture what it's talking about here. And for the Paul's encouragement there was for them to, to be mindful of these things. Encourage one another, uplift one another. Because each one of them had a particular function. And it was what? It was to be for the edifying of one another and the honor and glory of God what in Christ. And that was the intention there. Now ye the body of Christ are members in particular and God hath he set up those things in their order. Talked about the different functions there, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, miracles, gifts, healings, governments, things like that. They all have their order, but they all fall under whom? The order of God. And he's set up through Christ. That's all I have for you tonight. Any questions? Any comments? If not, we'll stand to be dismissed. I went over about five minutes. <laughs>